Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. Everybody and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show coming back at you with actual G.I. Joe and exhausted, exhausted hosts. That should be <laughs> that should be a recipe for either a disaster or epic radio. This I, is no I would ing- say just mediocre everything. I don't know. People have actually reached out to say that our uh, New Year's Eve uh, exhaustathon that we did is one of the <laughs> funniest episodes of the of the show's history. People have so, reached out to you in the way that people reach out to James on who would win to tell oh him uh, oh how wrong you were. That's and how uh, all of his opinions are correct. <laughs> That's a whole other can of worms I yeah. am not choosing to open right now, Robert Clark Chan. Who's who's reaching out to you, Ray? Is it your girlfriend in Canada? <laughs> She's absolutely real. Exists. And unfortunately, she died right after sending me that correspondence. Yeah, I so think you'll never meet her. You had a girlfriend in Canada while you were married is the bigger point that we should be focusing on here. Wait a minute. My wife is from Canada. <laughs> now I'm doubting everything. <laughs> Anyway, this is hold on. Was your wife catfishing you pretending to be (laughs) someone in Canada? I now question if I made her up entirely. But also, if so, what was her end goal? Like usually when you catfish something, someone, they have something to offer. Yeah. How dare you? This brilliance? How dare you? (laughs) This is knowing is half the podcast, (laughs) and I am raised to Canis. I'll catfish a podcaster. <laughs> it's not hard. Step one, catfish a podcaster. Step two, oh, step three, profit. <laughs> yeah, you get that profit in there. I am available for catfishing in case anybody wants it. Uh, I don't, yeah, again, yeah, I, all I have is like I get you a, a guest slot on the show. What are your names? I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm My Gina social number is 501. <laughs> what is happening? Like, where, no I, one, I, I said, no it, one I said steal, at the top of the show. No one steal Chan's identity. He's going to have poopy pink eye in about one no. day. <laughs> How could you steal his identity? There are 9 billion people in Los Angeles with his name, as we've learned. Ooh, is that okay to say? It feels weirdly racist. Uh, no. Not when he said he went for his IMDB profile and was number like, what was it? Like 25? Uh, for a while there, I was numbers Robert Chen, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 19. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've since paired it back down to 14, although I believe I am now again 16 and possibly 18. Because people, uh, when they add me, 
when I do their thing and they add me, they're like, I don't know. Fucking what are make a new one? Who cares? What are people adding? And also, why are they in so why are they so incompetent that they don't know how to do this? Like, you'd think that everyone we know by this point is old hat at adding stuff to IMDb. You've met comedy bros in Los Angeles. Do they seem the most capable at navigating IMDb's ad system? I mean, I would hope at forty plus, Chan is only doing Chan who has a spouse and a kid. And limited free time is only doing stuff with the capable ones, not the idiots who don't know how to add stuff to IMDb. Here's how I pick roles. Somebody asks me to do a thing. <laughs> I mean, I, Literally I see a problem anything. then. I have not turned down a single thing in 20 years. Wow. <laughs> I have zero uh, filter for this sort of thing. If you ask me, I will do it. And well, that's the I origin think I story of knowing is half the podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm still here because yeah. every goddamn week you ask me, I want to leave, but my insecurities tell me no. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, I have but- to do this. All my only question is: Is your knowing is half the podcast credit correct on IMDb? I don't know, Ray. Is it? Question. I, because you know what? I'm second guessing myself right now. Even Ray can get it right. Then <laughs> there is no excuse for anyone else. Jan, why do you think you're 16 again? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no anyway we are talking about valor versus venom the made for straight to dvd uh released with toys short film cgi animated this is part three this is the conclusion of valor versus venom and i've been generally happy with what we've seen up to this point and uh you know i, I felt that the second half of ninja battle or not ninja battle spy troops that we watched you know because it was all like a 25 minute fight scene in a 45 minute movie you know i thought it was a little bit of a letdown part three we'll get to our thoughts um anything coming into this how are you feeling about valor versus venom going into part three yeah i've been i've been digging it i i saw we had a a a fan on on twitter who was eager for us to continue because they were enjoying it uh i don't know if they were enjoying that or us but but yeah, I've been, I mean, with the, like, with the exception of, I would like someone to go back and reanimate it in a proper way. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've complained about the animation quite a lot, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, I am, I am distracted because I'm looking up knowing it's half the podcast on my credits and there's no photo. It only says 2015, which it should say 2015 to to 2023 so apparently ray cannot do it correctly (laughs) but i at least tagged you correctly in it you you did but thank you if you look at the other things that were surrounding it it looks like uh it looks like a wrong credit because it's the only non-professional looking thing on my (laughs) i'd like to keep it on brand gina uh (laughs) you're dragging dragging gina down man Uh, That's been the case for about seven and a half years of this show, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Chad, what are your thoughts on Valor versus Venom up to this point? It is, it's possible, I guess. Um, you know, coming off of a pretty decent series, the uh, animation bothered me, increasingly bothered me as it went on, just because uh-huh. it was more and more and more into cripes. Um, and then when I got a glimpse of what the next thing is, 
I was like, oh, here we go. The next thing, Ninja Battles. Ninja Battles. Oh, no. It has. It can't be worse animation. Oh, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you how it's worse, but I can assure you it is much, much worse. Oh, no. no. Uh, Things aren't supposed to get. Technology isn't supposed to get worse as you go along. (laughs) Well, they can put less money into it. Like Valor versus Venom really was the. it was intended to, in my mind, this is the flagship, you know, uh, spy troops sort of set the table and then Valor versus Venom when they're like, okay, F it, we're going for it right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And also Ninja Battles is only 22 minutes long. I thought I remembered that correctly. So yeah. it's sort of just like uh, almost an epilogue and it's, it, 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 it's one episode of television, I suppose. Wait, it's related to this? It's, it's. That I don't know. Chan, you, oh. you know there, more than I do. Well, you there said is epilogue. some animation from uh i believe both of these movies in there okay uh so it is definitely connected uh, but it's like you it's basically the equivalent of finding a little plastic ring in your cereal like it's like hey uh, congrats it's a tie in to this thing but it's so cheap that um yeah i don't even i'm i'm, I'm excited i'm excited for it. look it's, it's not going to be happens. multiple episodes it's going to be one episode <laughs> 22 minutes mm-hmm. we'll make it happen Part of a watched, ninja battle i'm sure we've stuff. watched worse i'm sure we've watched worse 22 minute things i'm sure we've watched worse this year kissy fur looking at you <laughs> yeah. is kissy fur gonna be like i i hope we eventually find something this year that's worse than kissy fur and like so that we can then say that like because kissy fur right now is like saying like that's our 9-11 <laughs> and i hope we get a new oh my one goodness I don't know if I go quite that far. Uh, I would I would definitely say that's to be to be the goal of season seven of knowing is half the podcast. Just to move past nine eleven. Yeah. Find a new nine eleven. Find the new worse than Kissy Fur. That's have, gonna be have uh, another nine another nine eleven, a worse nine eleven is what I, you're saying. I'm not trying to say that, uh, but like here we are. What, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, of, course, of course that's what you're I hearing. Wanna hear. Yeah, um, I would like I would like to find our cartoon 911. There you go. Well, welcome to the last episode of Knowing Is Half the Podcast. <laughs> Are we getting canceled? Oh no. We just got canceled, unfortunately. <laughs> Chad made a Chad actually made a pretty uh, a decent logo for uh, season 7. You'll never see it now because the show is afor- unfortunately being canceled because of too many 911 references. <laughs> you want me to put in like the twin towers into that logo just to like spruce it up <laughs> just add another layer to it because i know yeah, I have cartoons the, crashing into the thing that you towers. like about what i do is that i keep adding more layers more levels of inc- intricacy that uh it's, may not always like mesh together but there's a it, lot of them that's the important thing right you call it layers of intricacy i just call it random bullshit <laughs> I mean tomato tomato I suppose. <laughs> That's what the uh uh the little window is in my photoshop. That's what it's called. I mean it's <laughs> fair. There's it's fair. A anyway, when last we left us uh uh Link Talbot, the veterinarian from the zoo who also served two tours of duty, had just been found out by Scarlet uh, and they agree, like, you're going to help us out in this because you know animals very well. That's very tangential, but like, that's how we're going to add you in here. And then Link gets in a helicopter with Scarlet to fly to their secret base. She lands in the middle of nowhere, and he actually has the, the gall to turn to her and mansplain 
I don't see a secret base here. And she says, it's a secret base. You, Of course you didn't see it. And then the, the trap door opens up and the helicopter goes down into the secret base. To be fair, she's like very hostile towards him the, this entire time. Like, good. Sh- that was a stupid question. Up, no, no. But like even beforehand, when he's when he's basically like showing up, she says something like, and you weren't going to tell us this. And he's like, bitch, I'm here. Like, what are you talking about? He you, did say that. Yeah. You were getting a real hostile vibe from it. I'm getting a real flirt vibe from it. I'm like, no. she wants to bone him. 100 percent faux show the the, it's possible that they even did it in the helicopter on the way no i wish i would have loved that but her crazy computer animated face only says yes see that is a fuckable toy in computer animation no one is fuckable so she's like "Ah, ah, and then like she's mad at him if her face was like softer, maybe she would be flirting. She does, maybe I would buy she's that. a very her aggressive face. face. If her yeah. face were softer, it would be uh, goddamn chewed up bubblegum. And for Dude. the record, I went on eBay and I, I got myself for 99 cents. I won an auction for a loose Link Talbot action figure. And that's what I was just showing to these two on camera. I think the problem is Gina doesn't think he's being loose enough. Yeah, mm. loosen. loosen. Loose but I would argue he's looser, looser than Scarlet in this scene. Loose links sink, sinks, sink, sinks. Uh, I am I the only one here? Hey, who wait, is did you, Gina? Did you just say what I think you no, just said? No, 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 no. It was an S. Gina, what was that? Sound. It was an S H. I was trying to say like like the ship. Loose lips sink ships. I so know what I you're said, trying to do, and then you you said something. No, and I, don't I said think you sha. Said. It was a sha, like shin, like the shin of your leg. But I added mm-hmm. letters so that it rhymed with sinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> we're already canceled because of nine yeah, eleven. We were canceled before. No, 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 we're no. Done no. now. We, we we get canceled regularly. Oh, I have fair. a little chalkboard over here. And I mark off the number of times per episode that we're canceled. <laughs> Once it hits double digits, then I'll wave a flag and say, hey, guys, let's dial back the racism, <laughs> the sexism, the botulism <laughs> so that we don't uh, get run out of town. Yeah, we're I still to, fine. I need to go get booked on Joe Rogan so I can complain about how canceled I am to millions and millions of people. I think you need to have a supplement of some kind to sell first. That's how you get on there. Um, um, well, I got some magic mind around here. <laughs> Am I the only person who's concerned that this place is called G.I. Joe Supreme Headquarters? Anytime oh, because- the word Supreme gets thrown around, I'm like, is this a Nazi thing? Oh, see, I was thinking they get there and there's sour cream and tomatoes and you think it's going to be worth it. But then you realize those are California tomatoes, which means they were like really underripe. They're not New Jersey tomatoes. So uh, it's not, not really worth the extra price to pay for the Supreme headquarters. You need to go to a farmer's market every once in a while because the tomatoes here are fantastic. <sighs> Listen, I go to the farmer's market constantly. I buy, mm. me- I'm Italian and I take my tomatoes very seriously. Mm. Uh, they're, they're just not as good. It's just, uh-huh. it's just, they're just not as good yeah. as the garden state's tomatoes. Uh-huh. Like but the, also the, the Taco Bell ones out here are constantly underripe. Oh, we, yeah, it's 
Gina, it's Taco Bell. My God, are you going to base the entire cuisine of a <laughs> No, on Taco no, I'm Bell? just saying this is why I opt not to pay extra for oh, yeah. Supreme because in the moment I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah, sour cream and tomatoes, that makes that extra price worth it. But then when I get it home, the sour cream has made the taco a little soggy, the tomatoes are underripe, and I'm like, nah, not worth it. A, you eat the Supreme taco as you are leaving the drive through B, it's a Taco Bell taco. That's it. That's uh, it. Really I, judge, I judge a state's cuisine by their uh, Taco Bells, quite honestly. Uh, no, That's what I'm, I do. I literally just said I get t- different types of tomatoes every time at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, because uh, because in New uh, Jersey, you get the Roma tomatoes, but out here I get the Camparis, mm-hmm. which I like. I enjoy the Camparis. Uh, they're now San Marzano's. Mm-hmm. Well, now that everyone's officially turned the show off, we can get really no, offensive. No, 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 because there is a small subsection of people that listen to this show <laughs> that also watch way too much Food Network television. Well, that's right. That's like full speak circle. To uh, the relative quality of the tomatoes in their area, and well, I'm going to about it. I'm going to move the show forward. So Kamakura uh, the, and Duke are stuck inside the Cobra base. Uh, when last we left them, he smashes down a door and says, there is no door. And I was like, yes, there is. It's right in front of you. And you just smashed it. And then I realized he was doing philosophy. Yeah, it's a uh, oh, boy. I really, really dislike this character. It's like he's growing on me. I, I get their thing. I get what they're doing. But um, the archetype of the white guy who stumbles in and is just like uh, without meaning to suddenly like better than every other Asian who uh, is is doing the martial art uh, is really grating. You know, the only thing I would say about this, Chan, and and that is true. Kamakura is the only character in this entire movie to have a change between the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. He's the only one who actually goes through something and is a different person at the end of the movie. I mean, Hawk becomes literally a different person. Um, and I'm, fr- I was honest. We'll get to it. We'll get, we'll get to, to it. it. We'll get to it. You yeah. know what though? Like it is, I had a moment of thought at this point, like early on in this section where I was like, they clearly have to turn, turn Hawk back at the end. But then I was like, but do they also like now right. if they turn him back? It's like, they're killing this new character that they created. Yes. So I'm curious. I mean, I know what happens, but I'm curious. I was Brad curious much. to get to the end to see, are they going to kill, essentially kill this new character that they've created? Yes. Or are they going to leave Hawk the same? Because really, like, you know, I mean, Hawk is just just sort of like diet Duke. Hawk is a great character in the original, in the original Sunbow. He's fine. Hawk is He's a very fine. cool, unique character. Here he is what's very unique generic. About him? What, like, what's unique about him? He's got brown Well, he's hair. older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely tell he's older because uh he's got huge bulging muscles. He is uh, Well, okay, we'll talk about that. I have thoughts about that too. The whole deal though is and Gina, I agree with you a thousand percent. The biggest like we already know Cobra's not going to take over the world at the end of this movie, right? And the only question is how will G.I. Joe stop them, A, B, and C? 
So the one piece of drama left in this production is, is uh, a Venomous Maximus going to stay that character or will they find a way to turn him back to Hawk? Uh, 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 You are 100% correct. This is the one point where they could go legitimately in either direction and it would be okay. Uh, And and this is where they take us right now. And we'll see when we get there, everybody. Drama. Anyway, Cobra Commander appears on the frequency of the Joes uh, uh, and Kamakura and Duke, and he says, it's my new reality show, because that was a new thing in 2004. My new reality show, it's called No Survivors, and he starts blowing up the Cobra base with Duke and Kamakura inside it. Now, Kamakura has this gigantic ass pipe just straight up land on his body. And in my head, I'm like, well, he's clearly dead. I'm pretty that sure that was, was a, so much force. a stalactite. Oh, was it a stalactite? Uh, I just wrote yeah. a gigantic thing just annihilates him. Yeah, falling from like 150 feet. Oh, my uh, God. I was like, this is gruesome. He's clearly dead here. Uh, and then the basics, Duke tries to pull him out. Can't pull him out. Duke's like, I got to go. And then the base explodes and everybody's like, oh, my God. They just killed Duke and Kamakura. Everybody starts putting their heads down. They're like, oh, man. They start and walking away. I was like, they start walking away. <laughs> well, that's all for him. Let's get out of here. Show's <laughs> over. Go home. Amazing. And then Duke, like two seconds there, is like, hey, everybody, I said. I'm like, oh, he's alive. And then they cut to, oh, what happened? Oh, it's really simple. We didn't show it, but a, a second pipe knocked the first stalactite loose, and then we we just got out. I, I was it's, bitten by a snake and went into a coma. It was it was one of the worst. i you know I'm reminded of the um the old timey uh story, the Hollywood story. I'm sure you guys know this uh, of the of there was an audio show, and I, I don't even know how real this is. Probably not. It's probably apocryphal. Show, but there was an know. audio show, audio drama back in the day when it was a radio show world and the show everybody knew the show was going to be ended like this is like a a hero show like a cowboy hero show and at at the end of this season like everybody's losing their jobs everybody's going away and so the writer says at the very end of that season he has the main character just fall into a well and everybody's just like well what happened to him he's like well show's over you never get to find out and allegedly, according to the story, the, the owner of the network was just like, no, 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 no. I, we got to know. Like, we can't just end on this. This is this cliffhanger is too much. He fell in a well. What, what happened to our hero? We've been with this guy for years. And so he's like, no problem. Give me another season and we'll tell you what happened. So he gets another season out of it. And then the very beginning of that season, the show just opens up with after escaping the well. <laughs> <laughs> We know that story. Is that common or am, am I crazy? Yeah, I am familiar I've with heard story, something yeah. like it. Uh, yeah. That's that's sort of like what they did here. It's like, well, after they got out of the base, that exploded. <laughs> and they don't really do a great job of explaining it, why and how that actually happened. It's they do that a couple of those times, things. right? Like, how did they fix the... Oh, I guess they fixed the Jeep because it's like not electric or something is it, that what it's modular and it's supposed to it's it's designed to be broken down and turned into other things yeah okay. it's operations weapon disaster the find your fate book book 10 in the series everybody no we're go not. to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast and you can listen to that episode 
Yes, you can. And you should definitely listen to that because we're not doing another one of those. Uh, we're doing, we have had so many requests to do more finds your fate books, Robert Clark Chan. Do I not think care. it's a must. Do not care. Hashtag tell Chan to do find your fate. You know how Gina's like, if this doesn't start early enough, I'm out of here. That's me. <laughs> with the, If you pick up one of, if you crack open one of those books, I'm gone. God dang it. Do I have one? I don't have one here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's trying to get out of this episode. Um, okay. <laughs> so. We got we, here's our plan. Uh, Cobra is at the Brazil GI Joe base. They have the launcher. They're going to launch the animal DNA serum into crowds, and GI Joe cannot make enough antidote on a large scale. They just do not have that capability. So the mission is: we have to stop Cobra from using the launcher at the base to launch the thing. This causes High Tech uh, and and Link uh, Talbot to work together to try to figure out the the, the virus, the disease, the the DNA thing. And try to like find the antidote, even though, to my understanding, that's not really either of their specialties. It's not really something these two characters should know how to do. Talbot works with animals. He does. Well, Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, did you require more than that? That's it. When this they is, find out, it's this, this is one of those things where I sort of like gave in to that part of the show. Oh, okay, kind of like. Uh, Star Trek and there's a, a reference coming up later that felt like 10 times more Star Trek -y, but you know they're like yeah we're just gonna uh, throw some tachyons at it and then the you know monster that was destroying all of the oxy would just disappear like okay cool man you, for you, me you the some, part uh, hmm? the part that actually made my, me roll my eyes was when he's like uh, special ops military one tour was enough for me yeah oh yeah but now I like, want to join G.I. Joe. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like it's it's they're like, well, if, if he's going to join G.I. Joe, I guess he's got to be prepared. Let's throw in a line about how he was like special ops military. So he's already trained and he's already he's been in there. So he could just slide right in. It's not Look, like he's just some random vet tech. Yeah, you don't you don't get to be a fuckable action figure if you're if you don't have that line you know tour of duty in there. Yeah, um, I mean in so, the original though, there were there were definitely times when they were like, "Hey, is this waitress in GI Joe now?" Okay. <laughs> yes. yes, that is a fact. Um, now, Chanda, I'm no science jerk, but uh, apparently something involving the amino acids uh, uh, got changed. Yeah. So you could separate the DNA because Mindbender, what a buffoon. I can't believe he'd make such a simple mistake as the amino acids. Uh, I, I, I brought that previous thing up because this was the point where I was like, oh, so a, a simple amino acid can break the bonds between the animal and human DNA because Mindbender is really sloppy with his work. And I'm like, okay, first off, Mindbender managed to find a way to combine <laughs> animal yes. and human DNA yes. in a way that created a being that could function and function better than either of the two creatures together in the first place. That's wackadoo silliness, yeah. like not even in the realm of science. It's just goofy ass uh, 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 science fic, uh, sci -fi, skiffy. Skiffy is what it is. Yes. So, you know, like, yeah, you tell me, like, oh, but only the simple thing will turn him back. I'm like, all right, fine. We're already in uh, <laughs> happy fun time land. I'm not going to worry about uh, why. I'm not going to worry about the believability of that. 
Yeah, but I, I will say there is so much mind bender hate in this, yes. oh, and it's Jesus. so it's so weird because like because I get that I guess this is like his his character thing is like let's make fun of this guy. It's just so weird that they're making fun of a very clearly super capable, super intelligent science guy. That, like it's it's thing. not. I could understand if it was maybe like. Oh, look at Zartan. He just knows disguises, but he's he's actually like pretty dumb. Like he's great at disguises, but his actual or like that's what like the dreadnoughts were there for to right. for people to be like, look at these like weird swamp dummies. Like they're just like gun, <laughs> guns for hire. It's so weird that they're like, what if we take the smartest scientist on earth yes, that's who the thing. can like create entirely new species of beings on earth? And then, like, make fun of him for being kind of dumb. It's such a weird choice. He's like Reed Richards (laughs) from the Fantastic Four, just literally one of the smartest men on Earth. And they spend the whole time talking about what a dumb piece of shit he is. Yeah, and and it's it's so bizarre. If it is, I realize that it's like it's serving a plot point where they're like, well, if he's like really smart, then he's got to. But it's just like it's it's like spoiler alert later on. They're like, you build this machine without an off switch. And it's like, oh, that is insanely dumb. Like he's that's insanely dumb. It's why not- and and I and and it would make more sense to me, although maybe it would be too subtle for kids. But the idea of the very smart scientist who's scatterbrained is already a trope. It's like their yep. their minds are so occupied with equations and and ideas that they like leave coffee on the top of their car and that's kind of a funny thing because it's like you're so smart but you can't remember the coffee but this is like oh he's so smart he can create a a brand new species of person but also he's really bad at science but he's not because he did this thing but he's really bad at the science (laughs) like it's it's so weird it's it gets magnified because uh cobra commander treats him like an asshole too right when it in isolation is fine because Cobra Commander's crazy, uh, and you know Mindbender's there for the money or for whatever reason because he gets to do crazy experiments. Um, and it makes sense in isolation for the his counterpart in GI Joe to be like, uh, um, uh, "God, I hate you because you do the same thing I do, except you're evil." You know, uh, but the two of them combined in the same show just feels like we're shitting on this guy and then his personality quirks, I guess like he is, he is, he will back down to like almost anybody. Right. Um, Yeah. It just, it's, it's a real weird mix that feels, I mean, this is in Bush's America. So (laughs) I mean, the the sentiment of anti-intellectualism is running strong now, even more so than in Reagan's America when, you know, everything was just all, big pecs and you know glistening muscles like the the idea that scientists are idiots um also they have they like set up this thing earlier where like it, it they made it clear that they accelerated the timeline because cobra commander is an impatient baby so yeah, like okay. lean into that like if the thi- if the thing was like you built it without an off switch and if mindbender was like it was a it was a prototype like i built a prototype to show you right you're an impatient baby so you used it like there's so many things that are already built in there that it's such an odd choice 
because like he specifically said, like you're using too high a dose. I haven't done the, like, I don't haven't done the research. I don't know what this will do. And then at some point it shifts to like, look at this dumb, dumb. He doesn't know what he's doing. (laughs) Dummy over here. But it's like, oh, you already set up that the only reason this is failing is because Cobra Commander is an impatient baby. Why not just stick with that thing? And the only thing I can think is that like, like I said last week, this movie is clearly pandering to little kids in a way that I don't I don't like. Uh, and maybe that was just easier for kids to grasp like, oh, we're going to make fun of him because he like did a bad job at this thing, as opposed to like having a boss that forces you to rush things through production. And then you get like baby dolls with one arm or something. Yeah. I, I couldn't even see a scenario where Dr. Mindbender, because obviously he's trying to work very, very quickly, that he just doesn't take into account that his things could be stopped in any way. He just gets you from point A to point B as quickly as humanly possible and does it. And, and there's a reason, you know, why. And it's to what you're saying that there's a reason he would be a little bit sloppy. It's just I didn't build it with an off machine because the idea was never that we would turn it off. I, you know, I, I got this amazing formula to make these animal troopers. I, I didn't really consider an antidote because that's not, I don't care about turning them back. You know, like there's something there you could work with uh, uh, in a different, but similar spin. And all of it works better than this guy's an effing moron. I f- it's probably something along the lines of network notes that just like, yeah, make him uh goofier because kids aren't getting it. And, you know, because you have all of these elements around and if you had subtracted those extraneous elements, then it would have been an an interesting story. The character would have been interesting. It all would have made sense. Uh, But then if you tack jokes on top of it uh, to please some other, you know, uh, uh, master, then it gets bad. And like here we are you know, 20 years later going, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we did get a question answered that we had from last week and that's, are the sea creatures, uh, uh, humans that have the virus or are they robots? We find out they were in fact humans, uh, which kind of made sense because they were wearing the breathing apparatus and all that. But, uh, if they were merged with aquatic DNA, why would you need those? We'll get to that in a second. They attempt the antidote on one of these, you know, mutated sea creatures, and he goes back. Not only does he go back to being a human, the helmet he's wearing flat out disappears. Mm-hmm. And I yep. don't, yep, that I don't know science, but how does that exactly work? <laughs> Again, at this point, you know what? That's just how it works. That's just how it works. That's just what don't we're worry doing about that. <laughs> Uh, and high uh, high tech is a great line that I appreciated the synergy of the team. High tech's like, look, you figure out the antidote and I'll figure out how to deliver it to everybody that we need. Uh, hilarious callback, uh, which we'll get to it. I don't want to talk about it yet. We'll, we'll talk about it in a moment. Wonderful callback to the opening scenes of this movie. Uh, I appreciate it. And it's very silly nature. Um, I, I did not we'll get there. For, I did not care for anything related to paintballs. This now you're spoiling show. it for everybody at home. Entire thing, <laughs> did not care for it. But I will say, at least they, at least that was something that was set up. Like, oh, we it have all up. these, we have all this paintball gear because we're playing with kids in the first act. So to bring it back in the third act, I actually did not hate. I was like, oh, this is actually like kind of sophisticated storytelling that these, that this solution was what we thought was a throwaway scene in the beginning offers the solution for the third act that's it it's good 
it dates itself. It, it makes the, it gives a real specific time and place when everyone was just nuts for paintball. What? I, I, like I still go paintballing. You what? Like I went like a couple of years ago. People invite me paintballing. I'm going to go paintballing is dope as crap. Are you forgetting Chan that Gina's a 25 year old dude, bro? <laughs> Living in 2004, it's yes. fun. You get like, exercise. It's competitive. Like, what's not to like about it? It's you outdoors. Like yeah, it's outdoors. They have that's like what I don't cool, like about it. They have cool, elaborate like sets. Why would I do that when I can just get rich and hunt people for sport, Gina? <laughs> I uh, mean, that is the ultimate goal. But in the meantime, they have laser tag. You laser don't tag have is to also wash fun. paint out of your fucking jeans with yeah. laser tag. You got a kid with pink eye, dude. You got worse shit on your jeans. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I don't want any more. <laughs> uh, okay. Laser tag is also fun. Playing games is fun. Hey, guys, playing games is fun, it turns out. <laughs> Plus one. Mixing happy fun games and murder just uh, wait it's so it's not, not murder by Ryan Johnson, tag, not. but it is murder when it's paintball how is that how does that work no if because they, nobody ever dies to a laser in G.I. Joe Gina G.I. <laughs> Joe will return after these messages Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's the Cobra Imp. Cobra Imp's a tower of rocket power. The rockets separate the late down anti-vehicle mines. That's why the Imp's so important to Cobra. Nobody beats G.I. Joe, the G.I. Joe Swamp Master. There's Storm Shadow and Shockwave. Swamp Master's ready for some Cobra chasing. Ripping through the swamp with cannon blazing. But nobody beats G.I. Joe, the real American hero. Swamp Master, Cobra Imp, and figures sold separately. Joe, Joe. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Um, okay, we're in Brazil. Tunnel Rat, uh, who we left behind. He was doing... Now, this is a little bit silly to me. He's doing reconnaissance to figure out what Cobra wants with the launcher, right? His whole reason for being there was to stay behind. But everybody at G.I. Joe already knows what he's doing with the launcher before checking in with him. So there was no uh, eventual reason for Tunnel Rat to be there other than to get captured. I'm also going to be honest, like, I, I I forgot who this guy was, like, but when they bring him That's up, and, like, I'm like, who is this guy and what was he doing there? Like, because he's not in the original, right? Like, he was in G.I. Joe, the movie. He was one of the recruits uh, alongside yeah, like, Jinx he's not, he didn't Bob. make a He didn't make a big enough impression. So when they were like, hey, we got one. I'm like, ooh, who is it? And they're like, Tunnel Rat. I'm like, you made that up. You put two words together, which I guess is what they do with all G.I. Joes, to be honest. Don't worry about that. Uh, um, clearly. Nobody likes Tunnel Rat. Yeah, so what's up with that not weird? That he's there for reconnaissance. It's like, all right, we're all going to go back to base. Uh, Tunnel Rat, did you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. 
go buy us some beer at that 7-Eleven. Like, <laughs> in the middle of the forest. Where's the 7 He turns around. They're gone. <laughs> I just, I felt bad that his whole reason for being there was to find out why Cobra wanted the launcher, only to discover he never really found out, and everybody else found out without him. Wait, that was his mission? They were like, that go was in his there. mission. I, honestly, I like, you could lift this whole plot line out, and I would not miss it. It's fine. I mean, look, there's also a cool thing where uh, G.I. Joe says we cannot just walk in and blow up this base like we want to because there's a bunch of innocent uh, kidnapped people who are now animal troops and we have the antidote. So it would be very unethical to just blow down the base and kill all those people. Uh, So we have to like go in like with more of like a, a, you know, a special strike mission. And I'm like, all right, you know, they're addressing it. They're that's fine. And then I just wrote, did Shipwreck just hand Link a paintball gun? They're all gearing up with their pistols and their rifles. And then all of a sudden, Shipwreck tosses a paintball gun to Link. We know now why. But in the moment, I was like, well, that's odd. Are they fucking with him? Uh, Link, we're all going in. I got two pistols. I got an AK-47. Here's your paintball gun. Good luck. (laughs) Again, I thought this was a cool. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I, but I actually would like to give the writers some credit for. Like, I did not think that the that the paintballing would come back. I'm pl- yeah. I'm pleased that it did. I, I and, feel and, like when I saw it at the beginning, I was like, "This is gonna come back." Really? Because it kind of like didn't say control. it two episodes ago, Chan. Like remote control you episode. Did not. <laughs> there are just some things in certain periods of time that kids are really into and paintball is one of them that I sure. think it should be left behind. I mean, that's fine. I mean, it, what because ends up happening exercise and fun and outside. I mean, separately, not necessarily. Altogether, <laughs> no, I'll, absolutely. I, I do hate all those things. <laughs> um, now look, the whole idea is they put the antidote in the paintballs So you would shoot with the paintball and it would release like a gas upon impact. That gas would then convert you back. Right. That's fine. That's a decent plan. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Fine. Anyway, we probably do need to talk at some point about how they couldn't make enough antidote for everybody. uh, And yet they just start spraying it from the goddamn helicopters. Yes. The balls. Why do we even have paintball guns if we're just going (laughs) to. crop dust everybody <laughs> they okay they could don't have enough to make antidote for everybody in the world okay fine they're limited supply of antidote they could only make what they could make so they have to be very careful with it and then they open up by carpet bombing everywhere around the temple with massive amounts of antidote look that is vastly different than curing the entire world you can crop dust a city but you, that doesn't mean you have enough for the entire world. I mean, I guess they were saying they didn't have enough for a city, I guess. It's sort yeah, of a, they said specifically it was a city's worth that they didn't have. Big, a big, massive yeah. people they'd have trouble with. Covered but then the, to entire, what, yeah, they're, the entire rainforest of Brazil. Yeah, they, they, were, they had enough for that, though, and some extras. Because they drop uh, antidotes on the frontline troops, it works. And then, they, but then there's some sort of weird plot moment here where they were just like, okay, that was the super not concentrated version of the antidote because these troops we just knew weren't very far along in the process. 
So the ones that have been animals for longer, we need to shoot with paintballs with the more concentrated version. And I'm like, how the F would you know any of that? Like, what are we even talking about? Was the, the plan was you you made you made one that you could crop dust with that you were just hoping all of the recently infected would be outside that it's it's a little bit it's a little goofy. It's a little bit goofy. Guys, it turns out Valor versus Venom gets a little bit goofy at Act Three. I know. I'm not concerned about <laughs> believability at this point. I know. Uh, the next shot is G.I. Joe just straight up. I mean, and, and I kind of like this. I thought about it at first. I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. They just walk in the front door, and two seconds later, the Joe team is at the control room of the base. And I was like, well, wait a minute. It's a G.I. Joe base originally. They would know exactly how to get there the most efficiently, better than the Cobra people who just took it over. This, I'm actually okay with this now. This is fine. There's also the other point that like comes up immediately afterwards uh the uh the venom troops appear to not be at all interested in defending the base not even a little bit no maximus is like i'm just gonna let these motherfuckers fight it out i did like that venomous maximus and overkill have a scene where overkill's like you know what are we gonna do and venomous is like yo just let him fight who gives a shit yeah, i mean a smart great yeah and whatever's left i guess we could just go mop up when we're done uh, we don't really care who wins. We have our army. We know how to make more. Who cares? Let's just get out of here. No. And he's right. Kind of like that about him. Um, okay. We got to talk for a moment about um, Slash and Slice. Uh, mm. they, they do make a comeback briefly here in the third act. Uh, and they're, uh, are they tickle fighting each other? Is that what I got out of this? They are tickle fighting. Listen, Ray, I want you to do a special who would win just for me. That is Slash mm-hmm. and Slice versus Tomax and Zaymot. Wow. All right. I already know who's going to win. No, no, no. We don't need to go there because uh, Tomax <laughs> and Zaymot are twins. It is a very different kind of intimacy from uh, the kind that Slash and Slice have as a queer couple. I don't like you making that analogy there because it's a very different situation. I just appreciate that the the respect and admiration they each have for each other. I like the fact that they're Cobra ninjas, but they're very amorous and they they really enjoy each other's company a lot. And are they a queer couple? It's not it's not said, but uh, what do they call it? Queer coding? Is that what it's called? Sure. Yeah, which I said last week that Chan sees it in everything and is he and does. I, I just think they're weird uh they're like weird besties who trained at the same super villain place. Yeah. Yeah. They then, uh exercise together. Yeah. Yeah, and then sometimes and they the, kiss in the shower. Doesn't make yeah. them gay, Chan. It doesn't make them gay. You know, it's a, it's a target of opportunity, Chan. <laughs> mm-hmm. They really appreciate each other's company a lot, and you know, you could go either way with it. They could just really, really have great affection for each other as professionals, <laughs> or they could be a queer couple. One of those. I mean, you know, and and what's stopping both from being true, even or neither? Well, it's I'm probably still one of them. Really mad that Tomax and Zayma are the only ones that we didn't get for this. It's fair. I don't know why. Like they're right there. I bet they only made one model. Uh, I bet their agents <laughs> demanded too much money. To be honest, I bet their quote was too high. It's very and possible. Much like they did with the Pink Power Ranger and the new movie, they said, "We don't need you." 
I so <laughs> Tomex and Zaymot are hands down my favorite GI Joe characters of all time, and honestly, I am happy to not see them here mm. because if they showed up, they would be awful. The <laughs> writers would have done something terrible with them. They'd be not like necessarily. It'd be like a Duck Dynasty thing going on. No, they, they got one character wrong Dynasty in all of this. Once. They got they got. You're just still feeling the burn from yeah uh, from Mindbender, from but Mindbender. the rest of them like Cobra Commander is great. So wrong. Yeah. No Cobra Commander, they got right. Yeah. I would argue that not a single other character really nails it. I oh, mean, I disagree I with they that. Don't really, I they don't that. really nail it with any of the other ones, but. They're serviceable. Like the Baroness is serviceable. Duke is serviceable. Even like say Duke free- nails it. Uh, I mean, he's he's, he's fine. He's 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 what? a little bland. But I guess that yeah, is Duke what his is character little- is. Yeah, Gina Duke is a little bland. They yeah, I literally it. just said that. I literally just <laughs> yeah, said that. We're on the same page. Nailed <laughs> no, Ray, it, Ray. I just I just said that. I just said that. <laughs> oh, Chan just said, "Hey, great, you know, great point, Chan." Thank you. Um, <laughs> And I would say Destro is pretty much there. No, it's not. Uh, Destro uh, is. They don't. They don't mess him up. They don't nail it. He's. He's for such a cool ass character in the original. They do nothing with him. That's fair. Uh, but but my point for having Tomax and Zaymot is, and I made it last week, but I'm going to repeat myself. They have two characters that are almost that serve the exact same narrative purpose. But they wanted them to be ninjas to set up this Act 3 ninja fight, which is what we're setting up right now. Mm. We got Storm Shadow. We got Slash and Slice. We got all the Joe Ninja team with Snake Eyes. And Snake Eyes is pretty nailing it here. Again, he doesn't speak. I'm going to be honest. I don't need this. Like, you already had two ninjas in the history of G.I. Joe. This could have just been a one-on-one fight. I don't need this whole, like, we got new ninjas. There are... There are entire toy lines devoted yeah. to ninjury in yeah. Ninja. Yeah, but you have two perfect ninjas already, and all they did was add some more crappy ninjas. Yes. Crappy uh, like, ninjas that are merch to be moved. No, but you could have Tomax and Zaymont merch. Spend that spend that Gina, toy line on. Wait a minute. Okay, two, I will hold on. Two, the reason I got two why- points, Chan, really quick. Two points. One the next property is literally called Ninja Battles. Mm-hmm. And two, Tomax and Zaymot just came out new versions of them for the new G.I. Joe toy line, and they look GD incredible. Go on. Yeah, they're the fully articulated ones or the new versions they're making. They look real good. Mm. And I, I do, I have one of those, I have the Cobra Commander, one of these new figures. And I will say right now, um, we should probably get them. So anyway, Chad, you, you had a point. <laughs> uh, there, it's not just a simple one-on-one transference you put in Slash and Slice in place of Tomax and Zaymot, because they do bring two very different vibes. Uh, Slash and Slice are very much closer to Dreadnoughts in that they're, uh, they are goofy, they are more comic relief than they are um, real uh, genuine threats, uh, especially up against uh, someone like Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Um, the uh, Tomax and Zaymot uh, generally were the most effective um characters they still, they, but they still comic thing. relief though they still uh, served a, a lot of comic relief i'm just saying i'm not saying these characters are exactly the same i'm saying they serve the same narrative purpose that tomax and zaymot do mm. you guys here's the deal 
You're absolutely correct. I just found out that in 2012, they made a a, 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 a fan film of G.I. Joe called G.I. Joe Initiate. Okay. And it's on YouTube. Is it Initiate or Initiate? Initiate. And like they're initiate. S- they're spelled I, the same. Is, you know that, right? They are spelled the same. And I don't actually know now that you're saying. I, it makes more sense for it to be G.I. Joe initiate. Like we're going to initiate a, like the next iteration of G.I. Joe. Uh, depending on the plot, it might be like they're uh, uh, someone who's training to become a ninja, for example. Okay. Would be okay. the initiate. And I'm just are, assuming that whatever Ray's impulse was with the human language, it's actually the opposite. That's fair. Look, almost guaranteed I'm getting it wrong when it comes to understanding <laughs> words and language, Gina. Now, there are two episodes of G.I. Joe Initiate. Uh, uh, each one is, uh, the first one is six minutes. The second one is five minutes. So it's, you know, short. Ten years ago, and uh, uh, it is a full length. It's got, uh, according to the IMDB page, you've got... Okay, look, I'm just going to say right here, Tomax. You got Tomax in the fan film, which is the only reason I bring it up. Okay. I don't see Zaymot. So unless the same guy is playing both characters and something awesome, but uh, you got Lowlight, you got Major know. Blood, If you click Firefly. on the Aston Crew page, it says Tomax slash Zaymot. Oh, I'm looking at Topcast. So great. So here's the deal, Gina. You got Tomax slash Zaymon. I don't know who Brendan Brandon Slagle is, but he's your new bestie. Wait, so Tomax we're watching that Zaymon. next? Is that what we're watching yeah. next? Uh, we are no, we're watching Ninja Battles next, but we're definitely watching this as no. part of season six. Ew. Okay, good. So we Gina, here's the deal. You're getting it's it's fan film, but you're getting more Tomax and Zaymon. Uh, and that's a thing to get excited about. How can how can there be a fan film of a property that's already owned by someone? And it's because like, they just made it and put it on YouTube. Yeah, but usually that crap would get pulled down. Um, Hasbro doesn't give a shit, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I would beg to differ with how often they every couple years re up the fact that they like own this franchise by having a new movie. Yeah, I don't know. Um, don't really see how, but uh, it's a thing, and it's apparently it's a full production. There's fight coordinators and about nine thousand producers, so this is a thing. Huh. Interesting. So anyway, I just I, here's the deal. I did not know this existed when we first started recording this episode, and now I do, and I'm very excited. So, I'm excited. Uh, GI Joe uh, uh, initiate for Gina. I, I still think it's yeah. I mean, who it's, knows? It's got to be initiate. It has to be initiate, like the person who's a new recruit, right? You don't know that. I don't know that, but I got a pretty good hankering. No, nope, that's not the word. What's that want. word? I've got, a, I've got a hanky hank that says that that's probably what it is. <laughs> ah, I just clicked on it on YouTube, and the first image is quite funny. Oh, boy. All right. Fair enough. I'm going to have to watch this later. Okay. So we have a fight between uh, Roadblock's uh, cousin, nephew, heavy duty, and Destro. Just because we got to do something with these two characters, let's give them a brief moment. Funny thing happens when uh, heavy duty grabs one of the – no, is it – yeah. He grabs a bat and says, hey, I just figured out this bat makes a good bat. And then he hits him with it. (laughs) 
yeah, I, I laughed. I, I did laugh. I laughed when he said it. Not bad. I'll be honest. I found that funny. Chan, you hate Joy. Did you find that funny? It was fun. Chan just thinks it's a little bit dated because no one nowadays likes fun or humor anymore. No one uses bats anymore. <laughs> Thank you. Um, did we, I think we skipped over the Star Trek bit that uh, really stuck out. The, the mind bender versus high tech fight. That's the next yeah. part. What? Star Trek. Let's see how you handle asynchronous phase inversion, you two bit hacker. Oh, yeah. Asynchronous phase inversion is classic techno babble from, you know, like mm. uh, Star Trek y type stuff. Uh, it doesn't mean a damn thing, but he's shooting, you know, pew pews at uh, high tech, who then responds with, Is that the best you can do? Double asynchronous phase inversion back at you, mind loser. I mind hate loser. That so much. Double. Uh, they, they, this becomes effect. an ongoing thing where they say, like, mind burger. Yes. Mind, like, yes. And it's, I didn't and like that. again, uh, it's, it's just strange to me that they're doing it with the smartest person in the room. It's, uh, it's, it's funny. Well, it's funny because they're literally, uh, they're, they're calibrating their laser beams to find out who can have the best laser when it's kind of established. You get hit by any of these lasers and you're going down. So it's a weird fight to be having. But this is like another another example to me of like pandering to little boys. It's like <laughs> yeah. we're going to like uh, call him a name that's like kind of not his name, like Mindbender Poopy Pants. Like that's like Mindburger. Was, I was just like, ugh, ugh. there's some exec in the room that's like little boys. I love this. I will say that later on we get some pretty heavy Doctor Who vibes, which like they they had to it had to be on purpose. Oh, sure. Uh, just um, knowing the, writers when they the, talk about reversing the polarity. Oh, oh sure. That, 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 oh, that was a Ghostbusters reference, too. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was a very it was a very specific thing that that one of the doctors on Doctor Who did. That oh, okay. Then like other sci fi things like picked up after that. OK, uh, fair enough. I don't know enough Doctor Who to have an opinion. <laughs> mm hmm. I've seen one episode, and I've talked about that episode with uh, uh, with on the what is it the Regenerates podcast? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they brought me in because I'd never seen it before, and it was fine. That I, episode I saw was fine. I go. googled reverse the polarity because I was curious if Doctor Who would be the first thing that came up. The first thing that came up was TV tropes. It's on the TV mm. Tropes website, which for those unaware, Great TV Tropes site. just has a bunch of cool. But then the second thing is reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, TARDIS fandom, Doctor Who. So also those, sounds funky. Very, very well-known Doctor Who thing. There it is. Um, well, less well-known is oh. Venomous Maximus. Wait, wait. This is actually yes. fascinating. Urban legend has it that the expression originated on Doctor Who uh, but it, it can actually be traced back to War of the Worlds. But urban legend, oh. it was popularized by John Pertwee on Doctor Who. Yeah, uh, third Doctor. That's prior to uh, TOS. Nice. Be around the same terms planet. of service. Uh, Star Trek: The Original Series. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pertwee was before the original series, 
But but yeah, he it, like ba- basically Pertwee asked the writers for a simple piece of techno babble that he could reliably deliver time and time again. Uh, so Wait, Star yeah. Star Trek had terms of service. We should probably move on before I slap Ray. <laughs> Venerous Maximus enters the control room. He says, "I'm here to dominate everybody." Heavy Duty comes up to him. He's like, "Go f yourself!" and just destroys him. Just straight up destroys the strongest character in the team. Uh, he, 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 everybody's like, we just have to get out of here. This is not a good place to be. Cobra Commander uh, uh, just gets wrecked as well by him. And then we had a wonderful moment where Mindbender and Cobra Commander get thrown into each other. Uh, you probably don't know this reference, especially because it's very recent. It was, in fact, the last Royal Rumble. But uh, Ricochet, who's one of the most amazing professional wrestlers in the world, uh, and Logan Paul, I, I know this reference. Uh, w- they were in the Royal Rumble, and they did the spot that looked exactly like this. It looked exactly like this. Yes, it did because it was real life, and this thing here is a friggin' cartoon. But they both launched each other, uh, launched themselves at each other off the ropes uh, on either side of the mat, uh, and just slammed into each other in the middle, and it was. It was impressive as hell. But I still dislike Logan Paul. I'm sorry. That No, that's fine. He's, he's a terrible a, human being. He's a heel, and that's it's a problem because, yes, I want to hate him, but also they want me to hate him. So that's a problem. Yeah. I don't know. What are you going to do? I watch AEW. Wait, Logan Paul is not the... Is not the- Yes, he is. Uh, yes. I'm laughing at a guy that hung himself in a sacred forest That's guy. the one, Gina. Now he's in professional oh. wrestling. Like you do. Yep. So, oh, why, why do why do people watch this? Yeah, who's into wrestling? Weird. Uh, no, I just mean anything that's like, oh, we're going to take a person who's hated for a very, very legitimate reason and use that. It's like if like if Kyle Rittenhouse was like, yeah, I'm a professional wrestler now and wrestling fans are like, oh, what a good heel. It's I like, no, that's he, <laughs> like uh, Chan, do you want to say it? A matter of time. Uh, I, I got bad news for all y'all. If Kyle Rittenhouse became a professional wrestler, he wouldn't be no heel. I mean, bad I'm news, just everybody. saying at what point I have my issues with the NFL as well. But at what point does this thing that you enjoy become too, too heinous? Uh, I mean, look. I'm not here to yuck your yum. You right. you like what you like. You play your Harry Potter games. You watch your wrestling. You enjoy your life. I why are you saying we play that? We are very me and Chan are very specifically vocal about not playing the Harry Potter games. No, I'm just saying. I mean, it's the same. Also, right? also like professional wrestling. It's it's in the same way as that. Like, if there's one bad video game, it's not like, oh, well, you just keep playing your video games because one time they did that Colonel Custer's Revenge video game. <laughs> That's so the whole the thing. The entire yeah. genre is now blasted Earth. Uh, uh, if you, you want know. to support the trans community, you must never speak of wizards in any form again. <laughs> That's not quite the same thing, Gina. I'm just saying, if the where's the money going? Who are you supporting when you're paying for wrestling stuff? Look, there uh, is no ethical consumption in capitalism. I'll start there. No, that's uh, my that's my point. My like that's that's you my point. You make choices. You make choices. <laughs> look, my choice is to, my, my choice is to consume everything. Give me all those sweet sweet DVDs of the Cosby Show. Oh my god! Well, now I now we definitely have to have you on to watch uh, uh, some AEW and talk about it. <laughs> 
Oh my God. I got, I had more to say, but nope. The uh, Gina watching DVDs of the Cosby show. Shut that <laughs> shit right down. I'm done moving forward. We get the ninja fight that we were promised. Um, I guess the one thing I take away from this ninja fight, it's a bunch of jumping and flipping and whatever storm shadows two like curved blade things that he like hooks together, like barrel of monkeys and is whipping around is cool as shit. These swords, I don't know how practical they are, but they were really cool. They were fun to watch. I want to say that they're called sword breakers. Um, th- they are a legitimate weapon. Um, I, they were I don't, cool. I don't recall the name of them. I don't know that they were used in this way, but it's a goddamn cartoon. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, it, was it a fun take on the? Th- I've seen these swords before. You're right. They are. They are a thing. I've never seen them use like barrel of monkeys. <laughs> Maybe it's a chocolate sword. Maybe it's a chocolate sword. We don't know. Um, This is where I think I tried to bite out of it. (laughs) I would. At at this moment in Valor versus Venom, they make choices and they start in my mind. This is where we start to lose the thread a little bit. And that's the whole angle side angle of Dusty uh, blowing a hole in the side of the base for no good reason, getting sucked in by a fan deep at the end of a corridor in that hole and then becoming super magnetized and having all this metal stick to him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've said previously that like, there's a point where I just sort of left believability behind. I'm like, okay, whatever it is, what it is. This one kind of pushed me back over into the like, Oh Jesus, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was implausible leading to more implausible leading to what the F just happened. Why are we even here? And it's it's allegedly to make some sort of very minor plot point of the very next scene. But to me, this was utterly unnecessary. It wasn't I didn't find it particularly fun. Maybe I'm not eight years old. I just didn't. Though It does pay off at the very end when because Dusty hates being clean. He wants to be dusty. Uh-huh. And so he ends up being clean. At the end. That was kind of fun. I was like, all right, worth the ride. But not really. I, I didn't. It's weird. He he gets super magnetized. Yeah, it, it feels and just like, wanders around the base. It feels like a tone shift. Uh, if that happened to Super Dave Osborne, he'd be like, yeah, that's hilarious. I love. Yes. Um, and it is a kid's show. So if the entire thing were just a, a skosh more in that direction of, you know, whoop, I fell down in some poop. It would have been <laughs> fine. But yeah. it was it was a little jarring. It was weird. It was just, it was at this point, they started to lose my trust a little bit and that's fine. They've, they're fine up to this point. I just, yeah, yeah it's also, a little too silly. Immediately after this, uh, one, one of the slasher slice, uh, like falls off the platform or whatever falls like 30 feet. And I'm 100% certain that the animation is of him falling and breaking his legs. And yet he appears just a few moments later, uh, back up on the platform walking north. yes because that wasn't slash or slice that was one of the generic ninjas that they were fighting slash and slice were different people i know because i thought it was one of them too until i realized when i saw the slash and slice and then saw some more generic cobra ninjas that he yeah, was okay. just a generic cobra ninja okay. who happened to kind of look like slash and slice in that case then i just saw a man fall 30 feet and shatter his <laughs> legs and destroys pelvis, his body and is his spine is destroyed wild it's so t- 
It's what should have happened to Kamakura when that giant thing just destroyed his body. Yep. Yep. It's it's, it's honestly, uh, uh, it's one of the most upsetting things I've ever seen. <laughs> is that guy because he throws himself off the off the off the platform because he realizes GI Joe's beaten him, doesn't want to take the beating, throws himself off, but even though he's a ninja, lands lands like a complete sack of potatoes it is, it is it. upsetting yeah they could just cut like they would normally do or even was- better <laughs> just have him jump off and like okay well that that was a fun gag let's move on no <laughs> they show the horrifying consequences oh, yeah. of his decisions it's- it would be like if you were watching like uh, uh, the Naked Gun movies or Airplane or some sort of silly slapstick, and then there's a scene in an airplane where a guy's like, "Oop, time to go," and he just like jumps out of the plane. At which point you'd normally leave him there, but instead they showed his body being mangled yeah. on the ground below, and it's just so completely jarring and upsetting. And I'm laugh. I'm I'm on the verge of tears thinking about it right now. Because it's hilarious. It is hilarious that they, they make just bizarre choices in the last, like, five minutes of this movie. And I, you know what? I, I wasn't with. I'm with it now. I'm. Let's just get weird. Sometimes they were probably just like, get it's, like, it's like how on SNL they save their weird sketches for the end because they're like right. only the real only like the hardcore fans are still watching at this point. Most people <laughs> tune out after yeah. the news. This is like they're like, look, do you know? what kind of attention spans little kids have. Like there's no little kid that's making it to the third act of a movie. So let's just put any weird crap that we want in here. Let's have Bill Cosby come out and start dancing. Jesus. No, the whole thing's a 10 to one sketch. I'm into it. Oh, So then, okay, so plot points. They save Tunnel Rat, who was captured. Uh, They really make the ninjas look like, the Cobra ninjas look like absolute garbage. Because there's a moment where the ninja comes over, Tunnel Rat's got one arm free, and he just, like, punches him. And then the ninja comes back again, and he just punches him again from the same angle. And I'm just dying, being like, what is happening? This guy's a ninja, and he's just a complete jobber. Just absolute (laughs) Dwayne Gill out there. It's just ridiculous. He's the Bastion Booger of ninjas. It's not right. The Brooklyn Brawler. Gobbledygooker. The go- well, Gobbledygooker could really wrestle, sir. How dare you? Yeah, but did he? No, uh, I know who he was. But- yeah. Okay, fair. Here's the deal. You're right. The Gobbledygooker never actually meant anything. The big Thanksgiving tradition. Uh, the mascot of Thanksgiving, as we all know him to be now. Sure. Vince was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 slice and slash are, are defeated in combat pretty much, you know, with no bells and whistles, they're just dispatched pretty quickly. And, uh, GI Joe prevents the launcher from going off, which means we should be done, right? <laughs> no, uh, we got like 15 more minutes. It no, Cause we need time for this mind belcher. That's all. I just wanted to mind belcher. Just terrible. They just keep going. Okay. Now the fight has completely changed over to being about Venomous Maximus and Overkill. Venomous retakes the control room. And it's a uh, real bummer because, for example, this line here. Beast under Cobra, humanity would survive. But if those two creatures conquer the world, we're all doomed. Dang, that Venomous Maximus seems like a pretty tough dude. And yeah. a worthy opponent if we were to continue with the series. Yes. Yes, he does, Robert Clark Chan. What, what I should wonder we do what with we him? will do. 
What will we do? What will we do plot wise here? This is we what have I'm a saying. super I interesting thought, character. Uh, this is what I'm saying. At some point, I was like, they could realistically carry on with this character and and yes. just just especially like if they could always cure him down the line and bring Hawk back, like you could have his character go on infinitely. And then have them always be like, we've got to cure that bad guy and bring back Hawk. You don't need to wrap it up. I'd, yeah. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see like if this was like turned into a show, like every fourth or fifth episode was a Venomous Maximus episode. And I'd be way OK with that. You know what? Even if it was like a even if I mean, if if let's say I was writing this and the execs were like, God, this new character is so great, but we can't just we can't kill Hawk. But we love this new character. Like, just have him be that Jekyll and Hyde dude that, like, every once in a while, he just, yeah. like, hulks out and turns into Venus Maximus. Like, it's it's like the the uh, on Buffy and Angel, whenever Angel loses his soul, it's like you get the best of both worlds. You know that he can and will at some point be cured. But for those episodes where he's not, boy, is it fun. I feel like this was an attempt to start a series. They sort of wrote it as like, you know, we can go either way near the end of this here. And when we get to that point, you'll see like there is a point where they could have just like switched it and then, you know, had him keep going. Uh, Probably, though, because they did a movie before this, then they did this movie, which is kind of long and might have been like the beginnings of like, hey, do you want to do more of this? They're just like, "Eh, no, we're just going to do this one movie and then out. So go ahead and turn him back because. That we're not going to continue on with the story. And that's that's what ends up happening. Now, I did enjoy the, this little moment. High-tech and Mindbender see the common enemy of Venomous Maximus and Overkill, and, like, that's bad news. Cobra's bad. This is, like, real, real bad. Let's the two of us work together. And it's amazing because you have essentially this the, two of the greatest scientific minds of a generation, although they st- <laughs> he still treats Mindbender like a piece of garbage. And it's just, it's bizarre. And so this is one of those things where if you uh, don't build up your opponent, you look worse. Yes. If if you call him a fucking idiot and then, you know, uh, uh, work together, there's no stakes there. There's no like, oh my God, this is, this bad guy is so bad that these two people who hate each other to work together. It's just like, oh, well, this is dopey guy. I'll just work with him because whatever. Yeah. It's disappointing. It, 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 it removes a lot of the payoff of this moment. Um, Dusty wanders around and they realize that like he's been magnetized. I still don't know how this relates in any way to they just from this, they get reversed to polarity. And so they just do that. And that, okay. I, I still don't know how all these pieces connect together uh, in this, in this, in this chart, um, but, then, uh, but they do somehow. Yeah. When, when you get on later, like the, metal stuff comes off and they're like oh hey we can do that to do the thing so like it all pieces together like uh structurally it makes sense and it's good structure just the okay good i'm glad you understood it the tools they were the, the materials they were working with were trash yeah so it it, it devolves into basically like we've Eventually figured out that we can reverse the polarity to launch the 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 uh, bombs with the virus backwards, essentially cracking into the station and making them harmless, even though we're all here, which I thought like never got addressed in any meaningful way. But also, let's get 
I don't know why. Let's get Venomous Maximus on the particle accelerator. So they're fighting him like three, four people at a time. Get him backed up onto the accelerator, which then holds him in place. So he's he gets like he gets magnetized but can't move. It's a force field. I don't really get it. And then they shoot him with every paintball that they possibly have, but he's so ripped it doesn't work. And then they just have to have Duke say, Hawk, I know you're in there somewhere. Just get out. And it's bizarre because this is like, you can't, it's not a mental block turning him into Venomous Maximus. It is a literal physical mutation and you can't will your way out of a mutation. That's just, look, I'm no science guy, but like, that's not how literally anything works. It does in this world, man. Except that it absolutely works. Now, another great moment here, right before this, Cobra Commander sees the fight, sees Venomous Maximus, notices that every character is on the track of the launcher and runs over to push that missile button as hard as he possibly can. So, if I just press one button, I can create my first Venomized army and rid myself of Duke and Venomous Maximus all at once, I win. <laughs> I mean, that's that's good stuff. That's yeah, that is good stuff. And then the missile. I mean, doesn't the missile hit Venomous Maximus? Right. Uh, uh, no, it stops right in front of him. It stops right in front of him. Thank you. Um, and then Hawk just wills his way out of this mutation, and it turns out Hawk is ripped. Gina, you must have an opinion on these abs. Uh, I don't even remember it at this point. Like, I think that just everything in the computer animation world looks so hideous that there's no way for me to get a lady boner at all. He has the abs of like a 22 year old Goliath. Yeah. And he is supposed to be like in his late fifties, early sixties. So I don't know if this is just the mutation. Didn't didn't you see uh, JK Simmons? Plenty of dudes that age can, can and do get fit. Wasn't expecting Hawk to be one of them is all I'm trying to say. Really? He's a military guy that probably trains every day. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, G.I. Joe ends up making all the bombs go backwards by reversing the polarity. So all the future missiles crash backwards into the station, uh, harmlessly giving the gas off where everyone is standing. Again, I don't know the logistics of all of this. It just works. At this moment, uh, comic okay, uh, Talbot joins G.I. Joe officially. They have Cobra Commander in handcuffs. He offers them all a bribe, and they're all just like, fuck off. And uh, uh, Kamakura learns humility. The only character to have an actual shift, a character shift, is Kamakura. Didn't call that happening, but now he is a humble ninja. No, this, he's not. This story has humbled him. The, and shittier still... Uh, Jinx is like, well, there's, guess there's no living with him now because, you know, he's got that sword and whatever. And she turns around to look at Snake Eyes. He, motherfucker's gone. Yeah. He's hanging out with his best bro now. That's right. Jinx hang, hanging her out to dry. <laughs> he definitely uh, did that. That was unpleasant. Did not care for that. <laughs> um, he, he, he literally, Snake Eyes literally does, pulls a Batman on Jinx in the middle of her talking, disappears, and up, reappears 10 feet behind where he was standing to give Kamakura a big thumbs up to denote his character change. Uh, it was a little <sighs> weird. You skipped over the part where uh, Duke was 
hell bent on giving the gauntlet back to uh, oh, to Hawk because it's meaningful and whatnot. And Hawk's like, oh right, no, you keep that. I'm gonna just get a new one, dummy. <laughs> I, you got all your gross sweat all over that <laughs> one. I assign yeah. no emotional value to this thing that you have, so I don't know what you're doing, nerd. <laughs> All right, that moment was pretty good. I was I was ready to just forget it and cast it aside. Um, and that's that's like the end. So G.I. Joe wins, everything's back to normal. Cobra Commander is captured at the end of this movie, and we get another banger of an end closing <laughs> song. No. And I could not be happier. Chan, we gotta hear a little bit. It's not as big a banger as uh, Spy Troops, but this one does rock some face. No. Are you serious? Because I yes. literally stopped recording. I w- did not listen to the song because. How do you possibly not I? listen to the song? It was excellent. I listened to the song and it was bad. What? <laughs> I love all songs. You know that. And I was like, oh, God, this is awful. No, this was a medium banger. <laughs> Medium banger, also my nickname in high school. <laughs> Man, that is pure grunge-style Seattle joy. Okay, okay, I almost bit. I almost bit, um... Before I realize that you're fucking trolling me, <laughs> not <laughs> trolling. Some, that's that medium is banger. Early two thousands pop punk bullshit. Third rate, uh, third eye uh, blind uh, kind of stuff. Blind, yeah. Uh, uh, no, that's some that's some Soundgarden. Oh. That's some Pearl Jam esque uh, tunes. That's like the poor man Soundgarden. No, that's fine. Not, I'll take. That's why it's only no, a medium banger. No, not even, not even in the ter- Not even near. I'm not. It's not even Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, oh, uh, that is right on with Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Maybe a little better than Stone Temple. Can we hear a little bit more? It's no, pretty great. No, no we're not. Because <laughs> it's not. about like being a secret hero and nobody knows my name. It's really thematic based on the fact that G.I. Joe is a secret military organization that and saves that's the our world. show, everybody. You yeah, can I, I, it, was, it was not good. And I like a lot of crappy music and it was not good. It's you know, okay. Everybody at home, hashtag medium banger. Uh, uh, you put it out there because Hold I on. know that you agree. Hashtag medium banger. Great theme song. Hashtag medium banger. Gina's nickname. Yeah. Let me know. Or both. You can both is a perfectly acceptable option because both can be accurate. <laughs> uh, anyway, Valor versus Venom. That's the end of, that's the end of Valor versus Venom. Got any final thoughts? I thought it lost the plot a little bit there at the end. I thought it got a little weird. I thought it it, it, it tried to wrap itself up and made some, you know, maybe not optimal choices. Um, but I thought overall very well structured, very well written. The animation was better than uh, Spy Troops, way better than Beast Wars. Uh. And I, I was generally happy with this piece of media. Generally. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I still hate the computer animation. I thought this was a little a little not just like young, but also like pandery young. Like mm-hmm. I like I I you like know because we because we've seen young stuff that's like, hey, what if kids weren't idiots? But this is like what sure. even the even the I didn't touch on this, but we did mention it, but like even the line 
where Dusty has all the dirt sucked off of him. And he's like, I hate being clean. To me, that smacked, smacked of an exec yeah. note of someone being like, you know what little boys love? Little boys love being dirty. Let's have a line that comes straight from the brains of little boys about how they hate being clean. And I was like, God, I can see every Whoa. string here. That go- It's crazy that Chicago <laughs> Cubs broadcaster Harry Carey was one of the executives <laughs> on Valor versus Venom based on that impression. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, I think, I think I will, I will say that like, probably I'm going to blame everything that I didn't like on crappy exec notes and crappy, uh, computer animation and say, I enjoyed most of the voice acting. I enjoyed the plot. I enjoyed some of the lines. I enjoyed some of the writing. So overall I would give this, I would give this a thumbs up medium banger. Medium medium banger. I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, this had good bones. But there were t- too many missteps, uh, too many additional layers that m- made it worse rather than better. Uh, a lot of it could have been pared away and been left with a good uh, show. Uh, animation notwithstanding, because the animation ranged from bad to just execrable. So, yeah, I guess uh, um, a non-banger. Oh, uh, my nickname. Strong disagree. No banger now, at all, thing. huh? No, I did no banging in high school. <laughs> um, no, I yeah, mean, you, I mean, I thought you liked kids. parts of this. Um, I mean, technically. Okay. So I have a question. I have a question because we're doing this in chronological order, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, the the fan film GI Joe initiates 2012. Nope, we're not. And so that's the question is, do we have to wait until we hit 2012 in our timeline to watch it? Or can we just do it for this season? Uh, I think wait chronologically. I'm a, I'm a Okay, purist. so here's the deal. It's going to be about four years until we watch Damn it. Damn it. I uh, hope, it's going to be we, a long time. I, think I hope you're I will be dead by then. We have three different G.I. Joe, two seasons of uh, uh, Sigma Six, two seasons of Renegades, and G.I. Joe Resolute. And that's not even counting if we do the 2009 G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra uh, live action movie, which you know we're going to do. Yeah, we got to do everything. Okay. Folks, uh, come back to us in about five years, Uh, and we'll be doing G.I. Joe Initiate in 2028. Here's the thing. There's nothing to stop you from watching it now and sort of reporting back uh, because I am curious and I don't want to forget that it exists because I know Chan won't say anything. He won't remind us. That's correct. I'm watching. I'll be watching. Um, But okay, fair enough. Timeline only. (laughs) It'll be a nice uh, uh, epilogue of knowing it's half the podcast of sorts until the new show comes out. We have five years. There'll be a new show out by then. Well, I mean, right. we've got tons of movies in that time. There's Snake Eyes. There's no, oh, I did like Snake Eyes. Yeah, we got one, we got a I lot of it. stuff to keep us busy. That's true, Chan. We're good till 2030, basically. How does that make you feel? I did not plan on making it past the age of 26. <laughs> I've been living on gravy time for years, decades now. I get it. I'll I'll pack it in before we get to that uh, fan film. <laughs> I mean, maybe You'll this podcast is the only real thing that's keeping you alive. Like, maybe it has some sort of oh, powerful uh, I just antioxidants. Make sure that, 
that my life insurance vests so that my kid will be okay after I uh, <laughs> go flinging myself off some very high bridge. No, it does not pay out if you commit suicide. I I know that much. I'm gonna get. I thought you were gonna say I've tried, and that was about to be a, a real I'm moment. I'm just saying, any everyone knows that you can't. You really got to make it look like an accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think if anybody were to listen to this podcast, they would automatically assume that one of you had killed me. So I think I'll be okay. Like I could be, I could, I, I could like hang myself and leave extensive notes saying that I killed myself. Uh, please. You know, I'm so, my life is so sad. I'm so depressed and unhappy. And people would, they, the cops would still be like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure Gina did it. Like, have you listened? Did you hear that episode with Casey Fur? how pissed she was? I'm surprised that he made it that long. Yeah, but then <laughs> they wouldn't pay out for years because they would have to do they would have to do an investigation. And you better Boy. believe I will drag that shit out. Yeah. First thing they'd have to do is listen to every episode of Knowing Is Half the Podcast. <laughs> and that's going to take a while. I mean, here's the thing. If we're not going to get to this fan film for four years, I got four good years in me. You can drag it out for another 10. By then, Egon will be old enough to drink, and then, uh, you know, you can get a nice little windfall there. Legitimately, you could listen to you could listen to a, a, an episode of Knowing Is Half the Podcast every day, and you would finish the catalog around 2025. Wow. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, it's like 500 episodes, plus we're going to make a bunch more. It'll, it'll take a while. You realize it's 2023 right now, right? I do. And so like, well, I'm talking about vacation. You know, you'll take vacations, obviously. And now this is a show holidays. You're not going to listen on like Halloween. Like, what are we doing? You said one a day. I'm I'm holding you to it. You know what? My math still feels right. Uh, and I will not be convinced otherwise. Uh, anti-science. We're still in 2004 <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. This is W's America Chan. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like it. And that's our show, everybody. Valor versus Venom. Uh, two thumbs up. Uh, 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 two medium banger thumbs up. And one thumbs middling, slightly down from Robert Clark Chan. He he all, just sort of sort of didn't like it. Down, fully down. Still you just, mad about you the guys way just, Mindbender was treated. Uh, in those those three sentences described Chan's experience with boners. It was middling up, middling up, all all the way down, fully down. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that tracks. I No notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Knowing Is Half the Podcast. You can find us at patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Start your deep dive one episode a day. We'll see you in 2025 or sooner. Who can tell? You have to start the rewatch, the re-listen to prove me wrong. Is it going to be worth it in two years? I say yes. That is a lot of hours of entertainment, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's going to pay off in the end for you uh, for sure. You can also go to Facebook.com slash Don't Make the Podcast, or, of course, find us on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast. But individually, I am at Almighty Ray. I am Robert Clark Chan, citizen of the world. I'm at Gina Ippy. And you can, of course, find Chan at AE Doubleback. Uh-huh. Uh, send him all of your weird uh, tweets. In fact, as you tag the show, just start tagging at G.I. Joe Podcast, at Almighty Ray, at Gina Ippian, at AE Doubleback. Please do. That's basically where Chan is anyway. 
that's the new way to do it, Channing. I'm watching you. I mean, about three quarters of the time, you're going to get Calder responding to you. Just know that. That's what makes it even funnier as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Feel free to uh, to tag him and try and guess who's responding to you when you do that. Well, if you get a response, it's Calder because Chan doesn't like responding to people. Mm, it's true. He'll Unless still he'll respond. In any case, that's been another episode of Knowing Is Half the Podcast. May you put valor in your venom every day. Mm-mm. What? No, that worked. That worked. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.